Ophelia Talks is back, baby. Back again for some more talking. Zach Rich is my name, your podcast host, your company manager, your guardian from the perils of this dense and dark world. Sorry for the lack of an episode last week. As it was foretold, the second the festival was over, my body fell to pieces and I was incapacitated for a good week. But I'm right as rain once more and ready to do some of this good interview and stuff for you, the Valiant Listener. I'll get to today's episode in just a second, but I wanted to take a moment to thank everyone who came to Ophelia's Halloween fundraiser last weekend. I hope you all had a blast, munched on some candy and all that. Ophelia has a good chunk of change to get us ready for our next production, which we just announced last week. Our spring musical for 2018 is going to be Lysistrata Jones, the first time in a very long time that show will be performed on a New York stage. The cat is eating and, like, nibbling at her dish right now, which is that sound. Oh, that cat. (laughs) I'll have more information about Lysistrata Jones in the coming weeks, including show dates, audition dates, interviews with the cast and creative team, all that good stuff that'll be coming up in a couple of months. But for now, who am I going to talk to? That's a great question. Ophelia is very fortunate to have a huge collection of wonderful company members that work on projects all over not only like the city of New York, but the entire country. I wanted to give them a chance to get the word out about the hard work that they're putting in to whatever they're doing right now. With that in mind, my guest this week is a recent addition to the company. My guest is Kate Kylie. Kate made her Ophelia debut last month during the With a Twist Festival as our Julia Gibbs in your town. She's here today to talk about her next show that she wrote herself, Gamma Delta Nasty, which will be a part of the Winterfest Festival early next year. Enjoy the episode this week. If you listen to the episode and you want to support Gamma Delta Nasty, they are still crowdfunding on Kickstarter. The link to that is in the show notes. They wonderfully managed to hit their funding goal at the halfway mark of this campaign, but every little bit helps. Thank you to Fiend in Green for the use of our theme song. It's called Welcome to Enjoy off the album Green Planet Adventures. All of their killer tunes can be found at fiendingreen.bandcamp.com. And you, yes you, can stay in the know on all things Ophelia Theater Group at ophelia.theater.org. Be good to each other this week, okay? Okay. Enjoy. So in the last, I want to say month and a half, you've done two shows. Uh, you did Your Town with Ophelia, and then you just opened Frankenstein, which is your first off-Broadway credit. Yes. How's that going? Yeah, it's going great. Um, Frankenstein is, it's a new work, so it's really cool because it's the first time we're ever, anyone has ever staged this material, so it's really cool to be a part of it. And uh, it's a bit of an odd schedule because we're every Monday night from now through October, or through uh, December 18th. So it's a long 
run of a show, but also only performs once a week. So it's uh, very unique. I have not quite ever worked in that way before, but it's going great. What's the show about? Frankenstein? Yes. It's obviously it is, about Frankenstein. It is, yeah, it is, That's it a is. bad question, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's not a bad question. It's actually, it's great because... Most renditions of Frankenstein um, veer into the parody category. Uh, ours does not. We are very true to the book. With We are very true to Mary Shelley's original novel with emphasis placed on the romantic relationship between Victor Frankenstein and Elizabeth, uh, which is his love interest. So it's a lot more true to the book. There are funny moments, but it is certainly not a comedy or a parody. It's a musical. It's a classical-ish I would say contemporary classical style of music and it's really um you know most people know how the story ends but it's not a very happy show uh but it's really it's really lovely the music is absolutely gorgeous so. i appreciate you not spoiling frankenstein for yes. anyone <laughs> who are you playing in it i am playing justine again no spoilers but i will just say justine does not in the peer does not appear in the show for very long and i also play the innkeeper's wife which is a, I believe just a construct of the playwright. Uh, it's a comedic role. Do you play the comedic innkeeper's wife? I do, which is <laughs> shocking. It's a role I've played many times before. I also span um, characters aged technically 17 through quote-unquote happily middle-aged in the show. It's a, quite a range of ages and uh, it's really fun. And yeah, the comedic uh, sort of a comedy special character is kind of a specialty that I usually do in musicals. Often. What's it like playing in an off-Broadway house? It's really amazing. Um, the really exciting thing is uh, our show was actually on sale at a TKTS, which was so cool because when I first came to New York as a tourist, I discovered TKTS and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, discount tickets. Turns out there are many other ways to get discount tickets, but as a tourist, I thought I was like so in the know, like I get New York. Um, and our show is sold actually at TKTS at the booth in Times Square on Monday nights, um, which is amazing. We've had great um, audience reactions. It's cool because actually not a lot of shows play on Monday nights. So when people are looking for something to see, I found that they often see the name of Frankenstein and want to come see us. So that's really cool. You get that sweet niche going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too much. I don't want to make it sound, I don't want to make it sound like faint praise, but there's not too much competition on Monday nights <laughs> for, as far as the attention. As far of, as the, the theater as goes. As far as the theater goers, like choices. Um, so it's like really, that's been cool. And we are right off 8th Avenue and 46th Street. So it's like really cool location and it's been it's been really great i'm excited to uh see where the show goes and finish out this run of it for the next couple months since this is the week of halloween is there this will go up after halloween but was there anything special or exciting going on with this spooky scary week oh man um not too much i mean it's our show is a bit it is a bit scary i would say um the quote-unquote monster we actually don't call him the monster we call him the creature our show focuses more on the human <laughs> the human and romantic aspects in everyone. So like our show, there are scary moments because it's a scary uh, story written originally as a ghost story by Mary Shelley, but I would say it's more romantic and tragic than anything. That's cool stuff. Where did you come to New York from? I am originally, uh, was I'm from Sacramento, California, actually Elk Grove, which is a small a suburb of Sacramento. And then I lived in Brazil for a year. Uh, as an exchange student, and then I went to college at the University of Arizona, Tucson, after which I pretty much, I moved, I did a summer of Summerstock Theater at Woodstock Playhouse up in Woodstock, upstate of here, and then I moved to New York City, and I've been here for about five years. That's a long roller coaster <laughs> of places to go through. Why were you in Brazil? 
because I wanted to <laughs> and I had the opportunity to so I, I was able to do a rotary youth exchange and um, my parents were not Rotarians but we had a lot of friends that were and it was just like basically get yourself there and they house you you know you have live with people and somebody comes and takes your place um, somebody stays with your family although that's not necessarily required but yeah, I, I had spoke, learned Spanish in, in high school and I thought Brazil, even though they speak Portuguese, not Spanish, would be like, I could get along and understand, and sure. it, which was kind of true. Um, <laughs> it was kind of true, but the Brazilians are very friendly and most of them all speak English nowadays, but it was, it was really... And this was, was this post high school, pre-college for you? Yes. So this is like during that time of your life where you're like, oh, the world is very large. The world, exactly. The world is very large. I had kind of late in the game decided that I wanted to go to college for theater, Mm -hmm. for acting musical theater. Uh, So I took a couple of gap years, actually one in Brazil and then another when I came back from Brazil preparing for college auditions and figuring out exactly what I wanted to do. So I... Sorry. I'm no, it's okay. It's okay. A, there's a kitty cat. There's very cute. <laughs> that happens to everyone that comes on this show. She just snuggles up in their lap, and then like any train of thought will just be derailed because there's a soft, cute kitty cat, kitty cat in your cat. lap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to this idea of it being like the season of Kylie. Mm-hmm. So those two shows, you got engaged, and now you have Gamma Delta Nasty going on. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Um, Gamma Delta Nasty. I had the idea to be honest I wanted to write a show that myself and my friends specifically my female friends who there aren't enough roles for us oftentimes and there are so many of us that are trying to be act that are actors and trying to be paid actors in New York I had this idea I wanted to write a show I had this idea to make it about real historical women um and then the nasty they were all nasty which during their day, they probably weren't directly called nasty because that wasn't, you know, the term exactly at the time. But they were all infamous, I suppose. Infamous or, yeah, inf- infamous, scandalous, uh, looked down upon by many people. And I had that idea. And then the sorority, I later had this kind of idea. I just thought, oh, what can connect a lot of women? Okay. So just to just connect all these thoughts. So the yes. show is about a sorority of women. The show is about a sorority in the afterlife okay of real historical nasty quote-unquote women from all different time periods so i was able to get our oldest uh lady is Boudica, who was a celtic warrior queen of and real person and then our more modern historical lady our most modern historical lady is amelia Earhart, okay who i believe most people have heard of hopefully uh, and then there are ladies spanning all eras in between. Um, we just see the executive council. So there are six women that make up the executive council, w- which we see their meeting, their weekly meeting in the course of the play. And then we do bring in a modern 2017 or 2016 nasty woman as well, who helps them make a decision. And she's able to join them at their sorority meeting in the afterlife through the power of magic. So... They're bringing in like a a normal human being to help judge who should be brought into the sorority. Yeah, exactly, actually. What so the after one of the qualifications to be in the sorority is that you have to be dead. Okay. Because it is in the afterlife, and then they the ladies in their realm above or wherever beyond, <laughs> uh, they get word of uh, our 2016's most famous nasty woman who uh, gained that title from her political opponent and was able to kind You of, are dancing I'm around dan- things. Well, everyone knows. But I mean, yeah, it's just like, 
It's Hillary. It's Hillary Clinton. Sure. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's so they hear of Hillary Clinton, who is uh, not dead as of this moment of writing. And uh, she, they are debating whether or not they want to let her in the sorority. But they decide that they don't know her because they've never met her. So they bring in a 2017 nasty woman who is self-proclaimed, inspired by Hillary and other powerful, quote-unquote, nasty women. And so she helps them make that decision. And then it turns into a whole other thing. But that is the premise. That's the start of it all. Okay. You wanted to create a show that would allow women in theater to be cast and be able to play these powerful characters. Uh, Why did you select the historical figures that are featured in the show? Well, I actually read a few books about these various women and a couple of books that were like sort of a compilation of like history's uh, scandalous women and infamous women. Who will we see in the show? It was just who inspired me at the time Mm -hmm. um, and who I thought would be an interesting contrast to one another. So we have in the show, we have the president is Ida B. Wells Barnett, who was a civil rights activist and uh, spoke out against the crime of lynching when it was very much still prevalent. It was technically illegal, but it happened all the time. She was a a co-founder of the NAACP as well. And she had a sort of a Rosa Parks-esque protest whereas uh unlike rosa parks she did bite the man who was trying to escort her off the bus okay escort her i mean physically drag her so she got a reputation as as being nasty for you know biting that guy who richly deserved it and also for her unwillingness to compromise uh she was a women's rights activist and susan b anthony wanted her to march in the back of the suffragette parades and she said because she was black yeah so she said that was a disconnect for Ida B. Wells Barnett. So she did not want to march in the back of the parades. That's so, so fascinating. I've never heard about that. That was another, yeah, very, um, a lot of people haven't. She's big in Chicago history. She's from the South, I believe, and spent a lot of her later years of her life in Chicago. But I hadn't heard of her until a year or two ago myself. Um, but she's fascinating. She's the president. Amelia Earhart is the vice president. Mm-hmm. Hopefully everyone knows who she is again. Emily Duchatelet is the Pan Hellenic delegate which she is most famous for being Voltaire's mistress, but she was actually a better physicist than he was and wrote many papers, which he had to publish under his name because he was a man. But she beat him in several competitions as well, scientific competitions, and was very... She wrote the standard French translation of Isaac Newton's work, Principles of Physics, I believe. And then, let's see, we have Boudicca, who's the warrior queen, real life, and she's the pledge mother slash new member educator. (laughs) Okay. We have Anne Boleyn, who again, I think most people have heard of, infamous wife of Henry VIII, who was eventually beheaded for being accused of treason and incest and witchcraft Mm -hmm. uh, for her ensnaring of him. And she is the uh, recruitment chair. And then we have Lola Montez, who's the social chair. Lola Montez was born Elizabeth Rosanna Gilbert in Ireland, decided her life wasn't going the way she wanted to go, moved to Spain for six months, came back, called herself the Spanish dancer, and had like essentially a burlesque act where she would dance the flamenco and disrobe on stage, which was considered very scandalous at the time. But she just kept reinventing herself when her life wasn't going well. Um, And she's maybe my favorite character uh she's very fascinating and then we have uh we have susan fitzgibbons which is going to be the character played by the lovely megan mcgee uh familiar yes (laughs) yes (laughs) and she is our 2017 nasty woman our only non-historical lady and how did you come up with the sorority angle for this i really wanted to put something uh a context for the play that would make sense to have 
lots of women and I wanted them to be friends. I, you know, and of course we argue with our friends and women with strong, with very strong personalities. So they do come into conflict, of course, but I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to be about female solidarity and friendship and my, I was not in a sorority in college, but my sister was. And I was going to ask, yeah. Just kind of, uh, I don't honestly know. It was like, a, I guess, inspiration. I don't know exactly what triggered it, but I had this thought, oh, sorority, female friendship, lots of women, comedy goldmine, because we do love to, we do love to lovingly mock, you know, sororities. I thought it was a great way to like have comedy, but also it's like a wonderful thing. The idea of this sisterhood of women who aren't your blood family, but become your family. And how long have you been working on this play? I've been working on it for about a year, maybe maybe closer to 10 months or so, 10 or 11 months. And then I was inspired to actually finish it by the Winterfest is coming up and I just wanted to get it in before the deadline. Amazing what so a deadline I, will do for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I maybe I would have finished it eventually, but I was like, it's... It's kind of timeless, but at the same time, it's a bit topical. So I was like, I don't want to wait until it's no longer topical at all. Right, right. Because so. it sounds like, uh, just based on the time frame 10 months ago, so you were writing this pretty much after the election was said and done with. Yeah. Obviously, with the term nasty woman and everything, you're taking mm-hmm. a lot of 2016 into all of this. Absolutely. So that probably affected you quite a bit. Yeah, it did. It's... Oh man, I could go on about about my feelings on that phrase and the way that it was used, but essentially nasty has been used to describe many people and by uh, the current president himself, he, he even has used the phrase nasty to describe other people. Mm-hmm. I believe he called Ted Cruz nasty at some point. There, It's not like this was the only time that he dared to say that. It's he, one of his go-to words. It's one of his go-to words. It was just the fact that it was, I believe it was the third and final debate. It was this supposed to be civil forum of like highly respected again supposedly people that were involved and it was obviously televised and broadcast widely and it was not his turn to speak and he felt inclined to just just say oh what a nasty woman and that really really affected me really deeply and I I think a lot of people probably especially women it got under my skin it got like no, absolutely. I no, I was I was in a bar. I think I was hosting trivia the night of that debate, and I was watching it in between rounds. And I saw that moment happen, and I literally screamed at the TV, like watching a football game. It was like, "What the ref? Call this guy!" Yeah, yeah come on, somebody say something. Yeah. No, it was, it was a horrible and vulgar and nasty thing for I mean, literally a nasty thing to say mm-hmm. about somebody in that kind of situation. No, that's a great basis about talking about everything. And that does that pull from like Samantha B show from all the uh what are the white stocking caps called vagina caps or was that just a name I heard for them? The well, the the pink one. Yeah, yeah. I, the pink. I've heard a uh, pussy hats. Pussy that's hats. What I, that's, that's what, what it is. I, yes. It's usually uh, the term, and yeah, that's like a thing now. You know, everybody, I think, in American culture and maybe outside of American culture now knows what a, a pussy hat is. You know, you see it mm-hmm. and you know what it means. And if you somebody says they're a nasty woman, you know what they mean. Now, when people say it, it has become, I would say, a, a badge of honor or like a basically allying themselves with like, yeah, if that woman is nasty then I want to be nasty too so I think I kind of love that reappropriating of what was intended to be negative and was negative I love that people can uh, take it and reappropriate it and own it and make it a way to band together 
So the show itself feels more like feminism through the years. Yeah, it's it's. I hate I hate that some people decided that the word feminist has any connotations other than what it actually means. But yes, it is a true, truly a feminist show. It is actually, believe it or not, it is truly not anti anyone. Sure. Um, well, you, feminism isn't anti anyone either. It's very much which like is the common misconception. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it is not anti anyone. It is. And it's not even anti whatever my personal feelings may be. The show is not actually about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton even. It's not about those people. It's not about being against anyone. It's really just about female empowerment and female friendship, the fight for continued growth, improvement, and betterment equality for everyone i was like there's a there's a specific uh conundrum called the paradox of declining female happiness have you heard of this no i haven't most people haven't the paradox of declining female happiness states that as women's rights and uh, autonomy get bigger our happiness gets smaller our happiness lessens okay and that has actually been i mean you can't really prove happiness per se but it has been proved quote unquote, by asking women from like the 1970s to now rate your own happiness on a scale of one to 100. And women in the 70s were typically much happier than now. And likewise, even amongst today's modern women, if you ask a woman who has decided to essentially let her husband be the head of the household and she would like decidedly has chosen to take a more subservient, for lack of a better word, role uh, or just a not subservient that's not right um to take a more backseat role as far as leadership and autonomy is concerned mm-hmm. they have described themselves as happier than women who have tried to pursue careers and things and so that comes into play in the show as that idea of what is happiness exactly and is happiness the end goal for all people and if something is seems to be actually limiting our happiness should we stop what's the right thing to do what's the best thing to do that's a heavy subject. It is quite heavy. The show's a comedy, by the way. The show's, the show's a comedy. It'll <laughs> it make is. you question existential being, but... <laughs> yeah, it, it actually... The show truly is a comedy. Uh, it really, really is, actually. And it stays... It does stay a comedy. It gets it gets heavier, delves into those philo- philosophical issues uh, as it goes on, but even so, it never turns dark, negative, or sad, tragic, actually, at all. It was very funny when I sent the, the script to my cast to read for the first time they all got about halfway through and they all texted me and said oh man this is so funny this is hilarious and I said where are you in the show (laughs) and then they were like yeah I'm on page like 30 and I was like okay keep reading let me know what you think and then they were like oh yeah it's still funny but oh it sounds like it's what we need right now yeah I hope so that sounds good tell me about your cast because you got to handpick this one too, right? I did. I yes, did. Nice. As you know, the joy of uh, writing and directing is sometimes that you are able to cast your friends and people that you know that are really talented mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and happen to be right for whatever you're working on. But so our cast is. Do you want me to go through like everyone individually? Me. Yeah. Let's let's uh, gush great, about great, some great. peeps. Oh man! So we have. Let's start with. Let's start with Megan. Sure. She is, she is playing. Can I say last name? Is like yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You're promoting like, your show. That's true. They're all on the website. You'll find them. Um, so we have the lovely Megan McGee, who's playing Susan Fitzgibbons, who's our 2017 woman. She is just fabulous. She's a fabulous person. Actually, I think this is Zach's words to quote that he described her as the definition of beautiful inside and out, 
which is so true. And that's because it's your girlfriend. Uh, so that's oh, really that sweet. Oh, is that that's, that's a, It's really sweet that you said that, but I'm quoting you because it's true. And she's also a terrific actress and super, uh, oh man, she's a go-getter. She's, which is one of the reasons I thought of her for this role is that she, I wanted somebody for Susan who's like not one to sit around and let things happen to them. She's an overwhelmingly driven person. Exactly. Uh, very, very hard to say no to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sounds and why like, would you want to? Why would you want <laughs> yeah. to? And that sounds like the best person to represent 2017 yeah. women's values. So I say, outside of the context of her being my girlfriend, <laughs> good casting choice. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. I agree. And then we have... Oh man, we have a slew of my classmates or yeah, of uh, University of Arizona alum alumni cool. that are making up a, a lot of the cast. So there's myself. I am playing Boudica, which I look like her, and it just it just <laughs> worked. It just it's gonna just be fun. Out my that my way favorite for you. movie in the whole world is Braveheart, which she has nothing to do with Braveheart, but she's like Celtic warrior you love Braveheart so much that (laughs) you and I don't know if you still do this but you do you still have those yearly Braveheart parties I do but not yearly not yearly Um, yeah you haven't missed any it's just that I live with a lot of roommates right now so it's not as easy to have people over but rest assured (laughs) the next Braveheart night is coming it's coming, and but, that's my favorite thing. But she goes full makeup, <laughs> chancel onto the show. Never seen this woman drink more. <laughs> but it's all just in the goes of fun. all in on yep. Braveheart. It's a drinking game with Braveheart. It's not the best context to see the movie for the first time if you haven't seen it. Which is what happened to me. But oh well, I hope you still enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope you still enjoyed it. It's a it's an amazing film. Whatever, yes. whatever Mel Gibson's personal issues, that's an amazing movie. Um, <laughs> and it's beautiful. You can separate the... I like to separate the actors from the shitty characters. Yeah. Like, forgiving Cliff Huxtable. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's right? like, the show's still good. It, yeah. But yeah, Braveheart. And it's also a true story. Um, oh yeah, I guess I'll I guess I'll school myself back on track. I could talk about Braveheart It's forever. okay, I'm the one that's... Um, <laughs> but Braveheart is amazing. Um, PSA for Braveheart. It's not up for any awards, but you should all see it. Um, there's... Uh, <laughs> There if you've is. never seen this wonderful 1980s like, movie? I think it's 90s, yeah. It's is like, it 90s? Oh, it was like I around, know. I want to say it was around the time of Titanic. Maybe it was, I think it was before. No way. And it was before Titanic, because, but it's a James Horner score as well. I know, I know a lot of facts about <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, I know a lot of facts about Pokemon the third movie. We could talk all we day. Could ta- yeah, uh, it's another podcast. Uh, yes, you're very good at what you do. Thank so you. I think it's a great casting choice on your end to put yourself <laughs> in there thank you I was like I knew um, I knew I wanted to be in it that's one of the reasons I wrote it quite honestly is for myself and other people to be in the show I didn't actually know when I was writing which role I was wanted to play I didn't write it I did not write the role for myself and I didn't write um, any roles necessarily for anyone just knowing who I know there was a time during writing towards the end especially that I started to visualize people I know like Megan you know as like I could see that person as this character and then it might may have started to slightly influence what I was writing but but I'm really excited to play Boudica Uh, we have let's see in the other U of A ladies we have Sarah Mackenzie Barron is playing Amelia Earhart she is just fabulous she's very very sassy just a terrific she has got the most commanding presence of almost anyone I've ever met you'll you'll see if you see the show and she's playing Amelia uh, we have Michelle Luz, Michelle Michelle Luz Nussbaum, her married name, but Michelle Luz, her stage name. She's playing Emily de Chatelet, and she's just a terrific 
just a just a terrific actress I'm gonna say that about everyone but it's true but she's got this like emotional range and uh, vulnerability that is unsurpassed I will say she's just wonderful wonderful actress and I got to see them both work at school they were both in my class and I saw them work in class and in shows at school and they're just amazing uh, also from U of A uh, we have Erin Aselta playing Anne Boleyn and again she's terrific she was as a sophomore get got cast as Anne Frank, well, Anna Frank, as we pronounced it more, mm. more correctly. But she was, she's very, very talented. She's like the hardest worker and will give her, give her all to anything. I believe she's probably already ordered it, like an autobiography of Anne Boleyn. You know, she's one of those people that she's you're like, I know she's she going to do it. She does all that character She's going to do it. And she's a, a wonderful actress as well. In the role of uh, Lola Montez, we have our, our last U of A lady is uh, Sammy Ladine, and she is a wonderful actress as well. Kind of goes without saying, I guess, at this point, but she is just, she's funny as hell. She's really funny, because Lola, yeah, Lola might be my favorite character. She's, uh, she's, she's the definition of somebody who would never take no for an answer. When she didn't have the life she wanted, she became... A dancer. She pretended she was Spanish, which I guess now would be appropriating. It was then too, but we didn't have the same terms. Right. Uh, and uh, but she, but she didn't let anyone tell her no. Um, when and she did, she took off her clothes to get attention and fame and money. And then when people kind of were over it, she put on a play, a literal play about her own life. Did really well, made money, and was famous. And then when people got over that, she started a lecture circuit and tried kind of reinvented herself as this more scholarly academic person and she just never would quit but that's Lola uh Sammy is amazing she is really funny really great actress and just uh and everyone's really pretty our whole cast is like is supermodels um <laughs> our director um let's see oh and then we have in the role of Ida B. Wells Barnett we have Law Rivers who is another stunningly beautiful human and a terrific actress. I had the chance to see her in uh, Rhinoceros recently here in New York City, and she was the lead female role of Daisy, and she's just wonderful. When I saw her her video submission for Ida, she has this like naturally radiating warmth, which is just actually what I wanted for Ida, because none of these people were really nasty. You know what I mean? No, it's like no. we, we can all be nasty, but I don't... You wouldn't are... use... If you were to choose five words to describe them, nasty wouldn't be one of no, them. No, 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 no. And I, I, Ida is actually the, is the president. So uh, Law, when I saw her video, because I don't know her as well as I know some of the other ladies, she was funny and warm and had a, a grounded commanding presence as well that just really spoke to me for the role of Ida. And then I had the chance to see her in Rhinoceros, and she was terrific. And she's funny, so that's great, too. Funny's uh, always good. Yeah, I think that's everyone. And then our director, our lovely yeah, director, yeah. Uh, Joe Spitali, Joseph Spitali. He is uh, from Canada, and he's actually up in Canada right now, and will be flying in to direct the show, which is amazing. Uh, I met him doing Summer Stock and have seen him as an actor many times. He's super talented. Uh, another one, it's like, you know if you give him the... If you give him an assignment, he's going to blow away all your expectations and do everything. And hes I saw him as an actor being so creative and making choices for himself that were like, they made the material better. And that's why I thought of him to do direct my show. One thing that actually occurred to me was, oh, this is such a feminist show. Should I not have a male director? Does that send the wrong message? And then I thought about it and I thought, no, because men can be feminists too. And most of the men who I am good friends with and align myself with in life call themselves proud feminists. Um, and Joe is one of the best examples of a true feminist, 
a really talented actor. This is going to be his first, uh, his directorial debut as far as like a full length show. Um, But he's done some smaller things and he's just, I have no doubt in my mind that he was the right person for the job and super excited. It sounds like you have a fantastic crew of people around you for this one. Too. and they're all so pretty like our whole ca- <laughs> like we actually joe and i when we were cat when we were discussing casting we were like oh maybe that character shouldn't be that pretty and then we were like well she's too good bad. it's too bad it just happens that like new york is full of beautiful people and then specifically in my life i just have really pretty friends everyone's so pretty so our cast is like everyone looks like they could be a, a supermodel <laughs> like present come like my not talking about myself but uh but like everybody looks like seriously they're like so so pretty that's not a reason to come see the show they have many more accomplishments than that's their beauty that's always a reason <laughs> they, to come see but, a show but i'm saying like you know i'm like they have many more accomplishments than their beauty but also they're really they're, pretty. they're very very so, pretty we'll and joe's really pretty too he's really really good looking hey too. every little bit counts mm-hmm. uh and you guys met your fundraising goal we did we have a kickstarter campaign we actually have 10 days left if anybody feels inspired to donate uh we would love to go above and beyond because what we are currently we are paying our actors and our director thank goodness that was one of the the goals of the kickstarter but uh right now what we're paying them is probably the equivalent of 50 cents an hour or so for their work so i would love to pay them more Mm -hmm. uh if we can go above and beyond our goal but thank goodness we were able to meet our goal people were and what was your goal at 3200 that's great so uh close to 3000 just to put on the show as far as festival fee, rehearsal space, costumes, because uh, it's period costumes mm-hmm. with the show, um, paying the technical director for the festival to run the lights and sound. Um, I did have my minimum that I wanted to pay all my actors at least something and my director at least something. We also have rewards that we're offering for the backers, so like t-shirts that say Rush Nasty, like a sorority sorority thing so it's rush nasty um on them and it's gonna be really cool and shot glasses with the nasty logo this greek logo that we've come up with yeah we wanted to be able be able to offer those prizes but it costs money to make those so some of the what we've raised a lot of what we've raised actually will go towards just making those t-shirts and stuff which will also help promote promote the show and they're just they're just cool so um yeah if you want to if you're inspired to donate we are on kickstarter you could just search gamma delta nasty um, we also have a website, GammaDeltaNasty.com, and there's a link to the Kickstarter there as well. All the cast uh, and crew info on the show is there. Plug for the website. Uh, my amazing fiancé, Brian Klamowski, made that website, and it is the best. It's like the best website I've ever It's a very good-looking website, and he built it from scratch, he too. He built it like, from scratch. He's a coder. That's... That always impresses me because I, I, I work with Squarespace and sites like that. But when somebody like actively builds a website, it's very yeah. cool. He's such a jovial man. He is. He's, he's, he is the most jovial. He's, he's a really... <laughs> very happy boy all the time. He is. Every, everyone who meets him is like, that's the nicest person I've ever met. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> I'm going to marry him. He's really good at what he does as well. He's an actor. Super talented. And then, yeah, he does he does websites, so... My favorite feature, can I talk about my favorite feature? Oh, give me your favorite feature. When you go to the cast and crew page, if you hover uh, with your mouse, if you hover over the uh, cast portraits, the headshots, it changes to the portrait of the historical lady who they're playing. That's a little, Uh, that's some internet magic there. Yeah, I don't know how he did it. But like, so if you go to Erin Aselta and hover over her, you will then see a portrait of Anne Boleyn. Uh, It's amazing. The only, um, our director doesn't change mm-hmm. and uh, and Megan doesn't change because she's not playing a historical lady so it would I would just, just imagine like, like it's Megan and you 
cover over it and there's a picture of just like some cartoon just character. Just like a cartoon. Yeah, it could be a cartoon or just like her in a pussy hat or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, that's a um, sidebar for the portraits. Everybody either has, <laughs> everyone either has a photo or a, or like a painting of like Anne Boleyn or some of the, the more, the older ladies. Uh, Boudica, my character, is so ancient that there aren't even like paintings. Like she's, she was from about the year, she, she passed away, she died in the year 51 AD. So she's okay. quite old. Yeah. Um, so we just have a statue of, the, <laughs> so if you hover over my headshot, it turns into a statue of Boudicca. Well, that's still pretty cool. It's pretty itself. cool. It's a, it's a really cool statue. Uh, I want to thank you again for doing Your Town. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun to have you as a part of it. Oh man, thank you. Uh, you did phenomenal work in that and I'm very proud of you. I'm excited for Gamadel to Nasty. I think that's going to be a spectacular performance. Give me the dates on that again. It is January 29th, uh, 2018, February 2nd, and February 4th. It's uh, part of the New York Theater Festival's Winterfest. Excellent. Festival. Excellent. And that's the one we did Diamond Dogs for, correct? It is. We yes. did the summer Summerfest version, but same, yep, same festival. Yeah, that's a, yeah, thank you for casting me in all these wonderful shows. Yeah, yeah. Apparently think you thought it was your idea to have me in Diamond Dogs, which was... Such a great experience. It's, it's let's face it, it's always my idea it's to like, play Kate Kylie. <laughs> it's like I have to cast a thing. Okay. Joe and I talked about this. It's going to be very unfortunate the day we're working. Well, we're actually going to be working on a show that's not going to have you in it, and we're all oh. the poorer for it. But, oh, man. you know, these things happen. It's like, it does happen. Um, best of luck with the show. Thank you. Do great things. Gosh. Stay out of trouble. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, give me the website one more time. It's. Gamma Delta Nasty.com. So you can do HTTP colon slash slash Gamma Delta Nasty.com. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for that. The Kickstarter is still running. I believe it'll be another week as soon as this goes to air. So if you have a couple of bucks lying around, send it their way. Check out all the information on Ophelia at OpheliaTheaterGroup.org. We just announced the spring musical. It's Liz Estrada Jones. I'll have so much for more information on that in the coming weeks. Until then, my name is Zach Rich. I'm with Kate Kylie here. This has been Ophelia Talks.